Hey everyone, and welcome to the Healthy is Hot podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Wiles, entertainment reporter by day, sweatpant connoisseur by night. From hashtag to movement, we believe that loving all sides of you is what's healthy, and healthy is hot. Join us as we have raw, real conversations with badass individuals living passionate lives, thriving to make their dreams come true, and diving deep into how they got to where they are. And the best part? How health is a key component of all of it. From the highs to the lows, we get into it. From fitness to mental health to aspirational careers, get ready to be inspired. Also, we don't hold back. There might be swearing, there's definitely going to be some laughing, and hopefully you can take something away from these conversations to live your best life. To live your healthiest hot life. How is everyone's mental health right now? If you're listening to this when this episode drops, we are in the middle of a pandemic. I have officially lost track of how long I have been self-isolating and I know my mental health has definitely been feeling it. And everyone I speak to agrees there is more uncertainty there is more anxiety circulating in the air people are losing their jobs they're not sure where their next meal is coming from so I thought it would be great to bring Svetlana on the podcast she is so many things a model actress writer choreographer businesswoman but she's also an advocate for mental health anti-bullying and domestic violence and She has so much beauty to share um, in regards to mental health, reminding us all that it's okay not to be okay. Her story is inspirational. It is a bit of a gut-wrencher, but she stands tall. She stands strong, even though she went through so much in her life. And I hope that you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did, because although I've never actually met her in real life, I feel incredibly connected to her. And when this is all over, I can't wait to give her the biggest hug ever. I think you guys will agree with me when I say that this is an episode for the books. All right, enjoy this week's episode of the Healthiest Hot Podcast with Svetlana. Thank you so much for being down to do an episode of the Healthiest Hot Podcast, especially with everything going on. And I've actually been so fortunate that I've been able to record a lot of these episodes the past couple weeks because most of us are finding ourselves self-isolating. Maybe we're still working from home, but we definitely have a lot more free time on our hands. So it's been great to be able to connect with so many people, but I'm definitely seeing a common thread throughout each of these Mm -hmm. conversations. And it's that it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what your life circumstances are, everyone's mental health is definitely taking a hit while we're dealing with everything going on. And that's why I'm so grateful that you were down for this because you are many things. I'm going to put a list up and post, but being a mental health advocate is definitely one of the things that you were very passionate about. And I'm hoping that you can help illuminate some tips and advice on how we can, you know, strengthen our mental health right now with everything that's going on, but also really for the rest of our lives, because I think that mental health is the foundation of health. And it's really what we need to prioritize when it comes to our journey with health, because if we don't have our mental health in check, it's really hard to be able to show up in our lives as healthy individuals. 
I agree with you 100%. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be with you on this. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited because, you know, we've, we've spoken a couple of times. We, I was supposed to come to Toronto and then boom, this happened. <laughs> I know. So we're going to, we're going to take this, we're going to take this moment. I'm going to take advantage of the technology that that's, that's at our disposal. It'd be so nice to meet you and give you a really big hug when yes. we can, oh my God. but for now, virtual hugs only. Yes. Virtual hugs all the way, seriously. But I'm so honored to be a part of this because as you said, like being a mental health advocate was something that I really dove into five years ago. Actually, yeah, five years this year. Yay. <laughs> five years is a long time. High five for five years. High five. No, but it was something that I was initially afraid to do, afraid to talk about. I was afraid to open up about my story because it's not just my mental illness. It was the story of domestic violence. Um, so feeling ashamed that I allowed myself to go through being in an abusive relationship. Because I'll give you a little bit of my backstory, maybe for people who don't know my full backstory is that I was in a domestic abusive relationship and I was abducted by the person that I was with. And yeah, I was held for three weeks in an attic uh, apartment style, like bedroom for three weeks with our son, because it's actually my first son's father. And I'm able to talk about it with respect to him. I asked him first before I came out about my story. And he says, you know what, you can help many other men and women out there because yes, men do go through domestic abuse. And mine was a bit extreme. However, I knew that I had to share my story. And, you know, I went through so much with coming out of that relationship. I was really young. I had a child. I was afraid. Um, I was going through at the time, which I didn't know at the time, through PTSD. And I was feeling lost. I was getting huge bouts of depression. And I attempted to commit suicide. And that is when everything changed for me in my life. When I woke up in the hospital, I don't, I, I didn't even know who found me. It was my friend who found me. She told me later on, it was one of my best friends. And um, she was like, you know what? I was so afraid that you weren't going to be here after everything that you had been through. You've always been there for other people. She's like, you're going to get through this. And it was, it really saved my life because being in a mental health hospital, when I, when they held me, they let me know what was going on. So that was my saving grace. And that was the turning point in my life, realizing that I now had uh, post-traumatic stress disorder C, which is the cluster that most veterans get. I had generalized anxiety and manic depression. So of course, they were like, we're going to put you on medication. This is what it's going to be. And I knew nothing about the medication. I knew nothing of what to experience, what was going to happen. But that was really my first pivotal moment of understanding that my life has now changed because now I'm somebody who lives with mental illness. And that literally forever changed me because of the taboos and the stigmas that I faced. Because I was in my early 20s. I was like 23 years old. So this is facing all these taboos of mental illness, what they show in movies. And it created, you know, an illusion of what mental illness looks like. And I, was, I used to look at myself and be like, is that what I really look like? You know? So I just wanted to give at least your listeners and our viewers today on the live a little bit of a backstory of where I came from and why I chose advocacy and why it's so close to me. It's not that it's a part of, you know, my family. I do have it in my family. My mother's mother committed suicide and it's there. It's prevalent in my family's history. However, I wanted people to understand that this is something so near and dear to my heart. And I've literally dedicated my life, blood, sweat, and tears. People who know me know that I literally dedicate so much of my life to this it is my life's work my passion to be able to get people through this you know 
so I thought I would share that with you. <laughs> she says with a smile, my heart right now, I'm so grateful that your friend found you. And I'm so grateful that you are still here with all of us doing what you do because hearing what you went is, oh my goodness, it, it's hard to hear, it's painful to hear, but yet I look at you and I see this radiant human being exuding positive energy. And I got to think to myself like, whoa, like that takes a lot of strength. That takes a lot of resiliency. That takes a lot of courage because that arc, that journey is so extreme that I applaud you for being able to show up and choosing to continue to live this life and being able to find your purpose and your passion. Because what I, I, I'm not one who usually gets speechless, but oh my goodness, you are incredibly strong for so many reasons. And I'm so sorry that all those things happened to you, but you're here and you, yeah, you're, here. you got your voice and you're using it for amazing things. But when you woke up in the hospital, was it an immediate switch for you that you were ready to rebuild your life and, and, you know, start taking those necessary steps forward? Or was that also a journey? It was a journey. I was afraid because I didn't know what to expect being put on medication. The doctors warned me that they were going to have to go through trial and error with me. They were going to have to see what was going to work, what was not going to work. So it was a lot of up and down trial and error. All I knew is that I just wanted to get home you know, because yes, the mental health hospital is there to help many people. I advocate uh, for them. However, it's a scary place to be when you're young and you, you have a, a child at home and you just want to get home and you realize, okay, this is my new normal now. So I have to figure out how am I going to deal with this? I now have mental illness. How am I going to end up? These are the things that went through my mind. How are people going to look at me? What are people going to think? How are my friends going to feel? How am I going to be judged? It just went on and on. And I was giving myself even more anxiety at the what now, what if scenarios. And I just remember when I got home, it was just like, okay, what do I do now? I had all these bottles of medication, you know, one to take care of another one to take care of another one. And I was just even afraid of that. And it was really a time of growth where I had to make a decision. Okay, you're a mom, you have, you know, you have this now, this new normal. Um, how are you going to get through this? What are you going to do? So I just delved into getting used to taking medication because I was like, I was horrible at taking vitamins, so let alone now taking <laughs> medication. I was like, wow, okay, this is going to be very interesting. <laughs> no, but I did it. And it was strange because it, it was, I felt like I was having a lot of out of body experiences while taking it. So that was scary for me at the same time. And I, I felt very isolated because I felt embarrassed to talk to people. My best friend was always there and she was never judgmental. However, I even felt embarrassed going to her that I felt that maybe she would judge me for being different or she would be angry with me that I put her through that. I felt a lot of, sorry, a lot of guilt. And um, I felt bad for what I had done. And it was, it took a lot. It took a lot for me to say, you know what, Lana, you got this. You have a purpose. You're going to figure it out one day. You just got to heal, you know, one day at a time, take a deep breath and you got this. And I just literally lived my life like that. I just started having this new normal, speaking to my mom more, having a closer relationship with her because my mom and I are super close and just making new life adjustments. But it was hard. It was extremely difficult for me to be able to say, you know what? I couldn't tell anybody. Oh, I, I suffer with mental illness. I was like, oh, you know, I'm just taking medication. I'm not feeling well. But I never really, I only honestly ever said it openly 
out to other people, other friends when I was 34 years old. 11 years after you were yeah. diagnosed. So for mm-hmm. 11 years, you kept this secret inside. Mm-hmm. Oh my yeah. gosh. How freeing was it to finally hit 34 and say, you know what? I'm done keeping this a secret. I'm done being ashamed. I'm ready to just own it. Because that 11 years of anything is hard, but to hold that in and to deal with it all by yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is why we have to have conversations like this, because I'm sure that there, you were not the only one. I'm sure there are people now who have been diagnosed with a mental illness who feel shame and who are afraid of the yeah. stigma that society, you know, yes, we are getting better, but we still have a long way to go. Yeah. You know, we, like at 34, what was the turning point for you to be like, mm-mm, I'm changing this. Well, at 34 was um, relationships within my family with my father. My father was somebody who was in and out of my life a lot because he had his own struggles. He was a military veteran who was a Purple Heart recipient because he was was a prisoner of war in the Korean War. So he went through his own battles and struggles with PTSD. So I couldn't really fault him for not being, you know, really present. And my mother never put him down and made me feel badly. But I think it was was that. It was... um, having new relationship with myself, um, coming to terms with the fact that a relationship that I had been in for such a long time, I was in at that point, a uh, 14 year relationship that I feel like was coming to an end. And I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna start being open. So I started telling friends of mine and then telling you know, friends of friends. And I felt a little bit more comfortable. When, but when I really decided to say, you know what, I'm going in all the way, was when um, I was 37 years old, my father passed away of Parkinson's dementia, my son was born a month later, and then I ended my relationship of then 17 years, mm-hmm. and I just, yeah, I, I decided I was going to go and start talking about my mental health advocacy, I reached out on my own to some television networks, and they were like, let's do an interview with you, and I literally, on, like, on national television, I was like, my name is Silvana Trienko and I suffer with mental illness. And this is what I want to do. And this is what I'm going to be doing for the mental health community. That was like the biggest changing moment. So even from 34 to 37, there was that moment where I was slowly easing myself in. But at 37, I was like, my, I just watched my father deal with Parkinson's dementia for years. I moved him in with me. Uh, I was pregnant, gave birth. He died in September. My son was born in October. I was launching a new company in December. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. I have nothing to lose. I'm just going to go for it. I don't care about the judgment, what people are going to think, what they're going to say. I'm just going to do it. And that, since that day, it has made the person that I am today. Because now I'm 42, and it has completely changed my life. Wow. Yeah. How did you feel when you were sharing? It's one thing to share your story to a friend or to a mental health professional or uh, to your journal. But you decided to share your story on national live television. And this is after 11 years of keeping it inside, a little bit of time with yourself and maybe your close circle of friends to taking the leap to do it in that way. Like, what was that feeling? Was it liberating? Was it scary? Like, what kind of was going through your mind? Because that's a big milestone. Well, I think I was distracted because I was actually raising money um, for a woman's charity for domestic violence. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do this little event and we're going to have fun. And so it kind of was like everything was being put together. But then everybody was trying to understand why 
I was advocating so much for women of domestic violence and why for people that suffer with mental illness. So it was just kind of like, well, here's the introduction. This is what it is. I was so nervous, but it felt so good. The adrenaline was pumping. And actually, it was my first time on, on live television, too. So <laughs> of, course like, was. of course it was. Of course it was. And I'm like, I got this. And my best friend called me right after because it was early morning. And she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you just did that. I'm like, and I felt bad for a second. I'm like, should I have not done that? She's like, no, 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 no. She's like, it's about bloody time. She's like, you're so full of life. Yes, you've had your ups and downs, but people need to understand that you can live a normal life with mental illness. You can do it. And so for me, after that, I felt pumped. I was like, I get out of the studio and I'm looking around. It's still dark. I felt like I was like, let's go hang out. Let's do something. I'm like, it's the middle of the week. It's 530 in the morning. Where am I going? I wanted to party. I wanted to celebrate. I felt so good. Because you finally were able to not only look yourself in the mirror and say, this is me. This is a part of me, but you were able to like share it in a public way. And I'm sure that there were so many people that watched that and were like, whoa, I've never actually seen someone share those types of stories, especially on morning TV. But the thing is, is unfortunately, and I hope this one day changes, but unfortunately there are people in relationships where they experience domestic abuse. And that should be discussed because those individuals should not feel alone. And maybe someone can learn something from hearing those conversations. Mental illness is something that affects so many individuals. And if it doesn't affect you personally, you know someone in your life that it impacts. So why shouldn't we have these conversations? These are things that people go through. And I think having conversations and changing the narratives and letting people know that, hey, you are not alone in this. Here are some resources. We're doing this great event. We're raising awareness. Here are some links. You know, whatever it is, just to kind of let people know that it's okay to talk about these things. It's okay to talk about things that are difficult. Life is not always sunshine and rainbows, as we all know, especially right now. But I think the more we have awareness and we're able to actually be okay with not being okay with many things in our lives. I think that's really how we move forward as a society. So thank you. Good job for having that moment, especially at 5.30 in the morning. morning. I was committed. But you see, you said something very important. I always say this all the time. I'm like, it's okay not to be okay. I tell my children that. I tell my friends that. I'm like, it's okay not to be okay. We're human beings. It's fine. We have the right to have emotions and feel and go through all these ups and downs and You know, and I think that's been a thing for myself is because I'm constantly learning and I'm evolving about myself uh, and I'm trying to get a better understanding of who I am. And I've changed so much. People who have known me for 20 plus years or even 15 years. I had somebody who just met me five years ago. She's like, my goodness, Lana, you have changed so much. You're so comfortable with who you are and you're just, you're just being you. You're being unapologetically. And that's who I am. I don't do fake. I don't know how to do fake. I'm the type of person it's either, it's like either you love me or you don't, <laughs> you know. Um, I'm just straight up and straightforward. And I, I like to have straight, real conversations with people. I believe that in society, we're so afraid to be honest. We're afraid to be judged. We're afraid of preconceived notions about what is this person going to think about me. Mm. And I'm just, you know, I, I've come this far. And I'm just like, you know what? Who cares? It's not going to change anything. Sorry, there's an African adage that my dad used to say, it doesn't change the price of apples in the market. So it doesn't matter what people think about you. (laughs) But he would say it with his accent. (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. I'm going to take that and put it in my back pocket for a rainy day because you're right. And I think 
I mean, I think for so many of us, we walk through life and we are not our most authentic selves. And sometimes that comes from a place of fear of wondering what other people will think, especially, you know, in today's day and age with social media, where, you know, we're more connected than ever, but sometimes it feels like we're more disconnected and it's hard to feel like you can be authentically and unapologetically yourself out of concern of what other people might think. And I mean, look at you. It looks liberating to be truly yourself. You know what I mean? Like, that's a beautiful thing. I've changed a lot. I mean, nobody ever saw it. My mother and I were having a conversation the other day because my husband was like, did you ever think Svetlana would have ever shaved her head? Because even that alone was like, I was, I had this obsession over my hair. Then it, when I cut it off, it was my weave, my wigs, my this. And girls in the black community will understand. Our like weave was everything, okay? And one day I just was like, I was watching my friend dealing with breast cancer and I shaved my head. And it was, that was it. And since then I've kept it like this and I've learned to like love myself in a different way because, you know, society shows us we have to look a certain way. We have to behave a certain way. There's so much pressure put on us, especially as women. We want to be perfect women, perfect uh, girlfriends, uh, perfect mothers, perfect everything to the point. It's just like, we're driving ourselves crazy. So Mm -hmm. I decided, you know what, I'm going to stay like this for as long as I can. And I'm going to be myself. And I'm going to see how people are going to react to somebody actually being comfortable in their skin, accepting their flaws, being real, being unapologetically themselves. And I've had nothing but positive reinforcement. I've had positive comments about it. They're like, how do you do it? I'm like, you know what? That thing of just doing, just being, that's who I've become. It's just, I've become who I was meant to be, not caring about the judgment and just be like, you know what? That's somebody's opinion. It's fine. I'm still going to live my life and I'm going to be happy being who I am. As long as I'm not hurting anybody in the process, I'm just going to do me. How do we all get to that point, Svetlana? How do we all (laughs) get comfortable to truly be like, this is me and I'm okay. Even if I struggle with X, Y, and Z, I'm still okay. I'm still worthy. I still have a voice. I still have a purpose. I'm still many, many things. I think it starts with stop comparing yourself to other people. And that's something that all of us do, male, female, young, older. We all have this tendency to think the grass is greener on the other side. I want to be like her, like him. Once you realize you stop comparing yourself to other people and understand nobody's perfect, everybody has a story, everybody has flaws, and you start learning to look at yourself differently, respecting yourself, listening to yourself, and just understanding that you have the right to be who you are and if somebody doesn't like it it's their opinion it doesn't mean that is who you are it's not ingrained in stone now you know this is who Svetlana is because this person is like well you're too real for me well then change the channel (laughs) bye girl bye just change (laughs) work I'm not gonna lie it took work it took a lot of work yeah I imagine. And I think that's the, that's the beautiful thing about life and about personal development is that it's a journey and that journey is never going to stop. I hope it doesn't stop, you know? So look at, look at you now, who knows what your friends will say five years from now. They're probably going to say, Svetlana, what did you do? What you're a whole different person again. But I think that's great. Like we can keep building on each other. And especially if you think about your story and everything that you went through, you know, the domestic abuse, the mental illness diagnoses, struggling with keeping that to yourself for 11 years, finally feeling comfortable and then really owning who you are. It's a beautiful reminder that it, 
really doesn't matter what kind of horrific things you have gone through as a human, you can come out of it on the other side. And I think my, like mental strength and mental acuity is probably such an important part of that being committed to your journey and being okay with putting in the work because I'm sure who you are today took a lot of work and it took a lot of effort and a lot of personal growth. And I think sometimes we forget to talk about those things because, you know, we see you doing everything you're doing and it's almost like a footnote that you struggle with these mental illnesses because you're like, Oh, but yeah, but look at how amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like her mental illness is just, yeah, it's just like this thing, but it's, it's not just this thing. It's a big thing, but yeah, you've worked really hard to be at this spot where you're like, yep. I'm okay and I'm here, but sometimes it's hard on that journey to really believe that you can get on the other side and be okay with everything and, and find your purpose and find your passion. For, so for anyone who might be listening who has been diagnosed or maybe who has been in a relationship like you were, you know, how can we kind of take those first steps into working towards a place where we can be okay with ourselves and feel proud of ourselves and know that what we went through, as horrible and horrible as it was, will also help define who we will be tomorrow. Well, that's a really good question. I get asked good questions. That's a good one, girl. <laughs> but, you know, when it comes to... Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> I swear I can't wait to meet you in person, give you a big hug. I like you so much, girl. But honestly, <laughs> um, I feel your energy. So I just want to put it out there because I'm such an energy person. But your energy is so amazing, honestly. And thank you for what you do by creating all these amazing podcasts. But I'm going to get to that question, girl. But um. People need, right now, there's many people that are living with mental health issues that have been living before what's going on now. Um, there are a lot of people that are now starting to have anxiety, depression, because it's a, it's a tough situation right now. You know, nothing is, I'm not positive every day. I'm not happy every day. I have my ups, my downs. I have my fears and my concerns. And I find it's all about addressing them. My main thing is when you suffer with any form of mental illness is, first of all, understanding that this is your new normal, understanding how am I going to adapt my new normal into my life right now, understanding that, you know, it will get better. There will be a point where, you know, because I go through anxiety sometimes where it's like I'm up here and it's just going, it's so high. And I have to tell myself, okay, am I okay? Am I alive? I'm breathing. Everybody's okay. And I have to kind of like, I say, talking myself off the ledge of that point of anxiety where I don't have a panic attack of understanding that it's okay. So I think right now people need to understand is you need to take a deep breath and understand it's okay if you're dealing with mental illness. It's okay if you've never been diagnosed and it's new for you right now, because we do have people that are dealing with circumstantial uh, mental illness, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with feeling anxious on certain days. It's how you cope. For me, my biggest coping mechanism is body movement. I tell people 15 minutes a day, get up, move your body. If you don't like doing yoga or you don't like working out, like dance, do something, jump up and down. I don't care what you're doing. Just move your body for 15 minutes. It's been a proven fact. It reduces stress. It's good for the blood and oxygen levels in your body. It's good for your blood pressure, but it shifts that anxiety out of your body. When I start feeling like in my house, it's funny. It's like I'm like the common little joke because when something's going on with me and I feel the anxiety, I start blasting Afro beats. I start running up and down the house dancing, trying to dance with my kids, dance with my mom. I'm dancing with everybody. And 15 minutes later, I'm super happy. You know, I feel great. And I've created that shift because we all have a choice. We have a choice to 
stay in that moment or create some sort of a shift. And it's going to be difficult sometimes because I've gone through my moments of depression where I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed. I want to, you know, close my blinds. And for me, my moment that gets me out of bed is my children. My kids need me. I need to get up. I don't want them to worry about me. You know, my mother lives with us. I don't want her to worry about me. Uh, then I start thinking, do I don't want, I start thinking about everybody else worrying about me being depressed. So I'm like, you know what? I need to get up. I need to get going. I need to push through. And it does take a lot of work to do it. We all have the strength. And I have, I have people tell me, oh, I can't do it, Svetlana. I can't be like you. Honey, don't be like me. Be you. Be the best you that you can be. Push yourself. Push yourself everybody's had a difficult moment in their life or a challenge that they've had to overcome. Put yourself back in that moment and push yourself because you are worth it. You are worth making that extra step to try and get out of that moment and create that shift. And I really think that if you do have the courage to push yourself, you will surprise yourself. Mm -hmm. Like we are incredibly resilient people and we're complicated. We're very layered. But we're resilient we're, and we oh, can yeah. adapt. And sometimes, yeah, you're right. You've got to give yourself a little swift kick in the ass and get mm -hmm. moving, whatever that might be. It might be physical movement or taking the step in the right direction. But I love that you brought it back to movement. Um, healthiest mm -hmm. hot moments, HIH moments. If you're part of the family, you know exactly what those are. Advocate yes. for those all the time. It's definitely how I can keep my mental health you know, tip top is movement. Um, mm -hmm. It's if without it, I feel very lost and confused and I have just too much energy buzzing throughout my entire body. But after every movement session and you're right, it can be dancing or it can be a boxing. It doesn't matter what it is, mm -hmm. whatever works for you, whatever you're feeling in the moment, ideally something that brings you joy. It's unbelievable how you feel after the fact. It's yeah, like you can read the scientific research or you can just check in with yourself with actually how you're feeling. Movement is so powerful and it's something that we can do right, like wherever we are. If it's jumping jacks, if it's dancing, if it's taking the stairs exactly. instead of the escalator, just use your body however you can to move. And I love also that you brought it back to the blood flow and to the oxygenation. Cause yeah. I think it's such a beautiful thing to think of like taking a deep breath and like visualizing where the oxygen is going, that it's literally just going to your entire body. And that it's like this beautiful reminder that you've got this, like this earth suit as Julie calls it. Mm -hmm. I did an interview with Julie Black and she was like, this is our earth suit. Like we got to treat it with respect and like appreciate it. And like, since yeah. that chat with her, I'm like, this is my earth suit. And like, I need to, I need to appreciate it. So yeah. I, I love that. The things that you are as well as you're a coach. So I imagine like lately you've probably been very busy with people seeking help with everything that's going on in the world. What have been some of the biggest concerns you've been hearing about? Um, the uncertainties, what tomorrow is going to bring, when people are going to start going back to work. Um, I have been coaching a few, like I said, some people in the medical profession that just wanted to hear from somebody who actually lives with anxiety and lives with PTSD because I had one nurse that I spoke with and she went, I'm telling you, she's incredible for everything that she does. I have a few nurses that I'm talking to now. She said, you know, she's been having flashbacks. She realizes it's PTSD. She's like, I'm in the medical profession. I know I want to speak to a psychologist, but right now with the timing, I wanted to speak to somebody who lives with it. How do I cope? So it's, a lot of it is what people are seeing that are working in the front lines. Um, a lot of the uncertainties of what's going to happen. 
where are we going after this? And that's what the main concern is. And some of them are, well, I don't know what to do with my children. My children are jumping all over the walls and, you know, I, I'm so anxious. I'm nervous. Um, you know, employment, I, it's literally, it's so many things all at once that even when I'm coaching people, I try and go by category of the same things that people are worried about so that I can give the same advice, like at least speak to the same group of people to guide them through that moment because it is difficult and it's challenging when you've never had an anxiety attack and you have somebody tell you, I felt like I was having a heart attack and that's what an anxiety attack feels like. And I ask them, you know, what are you doing? Are you being good to yourself? Are you being kind? Are you trying to take a nap? Once in a while, are you drinking enough water? Are you moving your body? Are you having time for yourself? And that's the problem with what's going on. We all, we all want to be plugged in. We want to be plugged into the television. We want to be plugged in on social media. But my biggest advice to people is take time for yourself. Don't feel guilty that you're unplugging from social media for a day or two and you haven't checked a post or commented on somebody's post. This is the best time to take time for yourself. Do the things you never had time to do before. I, you didn't have time to, you want to start a YouTube channel, you want to write a book, you want to start a podcast, whatever you want to do. And you were like, I didn't have time, girl. I had all these kids to bring to school. But it's the time to do it. If not now, when? And take those moments. And I find people are, they're not taking those moments. It's almost as if it's like, okay, well, when I was, you know, having a break time at work or when I came home from work, I'm, I'm on social media. But you have all day, girl. Do something for yourself, you know? And that's what I'm imploring people. Take time for you and don't feel guilty for not watching the news for a couple of hours. You know, go for a walk in the, near your house. Social distancing, please, people, because that's another whole thing that's been bothering me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Don't get me started, okay? <laughs> okay, you can hang out with the people you live with. You can go to the store, but be mindful of space. You can go for a run. You can go for a bike ride. Don't go hang out with your friends. There are people on the front lines literally showing up every day to try to freaking get control of this thing. All we're asked to do is to stay home. So stay home. Please stay home. And take advantage of this time, like Svetlana said. Take advantage because you're right. Like we, there are 24 hours in each and every single day. And before this, your 24 hours probably looked very different. Maybe you drove your kids to school. Maybe you went to an office job. Maybe you went to your favorite fitness class every day. Who knows? Now we still have the same amount of time, but that time is allocated so much differently. And for a lot of us, that means a lot more free time. When are we ever going to get this much free time again? I hope never again. I hope we never find ourselves in this position. But if we're here and we have these extra hours in the day, sure, check social media, check the news. But at a certain point, take advantage of this to do something that brings you joy. Maybe it's a big goal. Maybe it's a little goal. Maybe it's doing mm-hmm. an old recipe that you love and haven't had the time yeah. to do, but why not look at this and try to find the positives because there are so many, you know, unfortunate consequences of this increased anxiety, uncertainty, those things of unfortunately are here to stay, but we can also choose to shift our mindset a little bit and also realize that there are silver linings to this. And then that way it's not just all bad, but then there's also like this little bit of good that can come from it. Exactly. It's all about that we have the time, do something with your time. I tell people, some of my friends like, well, I don't know what to do with myself, my single friends that don't have children. I'm like, well, you know, if I could right now, if I could fling you a couple kids over to your place, I would, but imagine if you don't have any, Take advantage of it. Do the things you've all, 
I tell people, step out of your comfort zone. Like, I mean, I really stepped out of my comfort zone. Being on social media, I was somebody, I modeled for a long time. I was comfortable, you know, becoming a different persona to take a picture. But I'm by nature, I was always a shy person by nature. What? So for me to be a, yeah. <laughs> you? Took me, look at you got to interview my mom. She'll tell you. I was like the shyest person ever. I think my best friend Sybil is watching our live and she can attest to that. I was a shy person for years. I was so shy and I, I was afraid to like, you know, just let loose. I would go dancing with my friends, but I was always like, okay, I always felt like the judgment and I was afraid. And, but deciding to be on social media more and it, it takes a lot for me to do an Insta story, doing lives. It took a lot for me to start doing lives because I was always like, oh my God, how am I going to do a live? And then I started doing more of them and more. And I was like, you know what? This isn't so bad because I'm communicating with people. So it's like, step out of your comfort zone now. Forget about judgment. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help you with any anxiety, any uncertainties, any um, depression you may be feeling. The minute you start creating a shift in your life to do something positive, whether if you have children, paint with your children, do something you never had time for before because you worked so many hours and you maybe had a little bit of time in the weekend after doing grocery shopping, cleaning and doing laundry. Because trust me, honey, I know that schedule. <laughs> and it's like, take the time, learn something, learn something new about your children. But even if you don't have children and you have a, you're with somebody, you have a spouse or you're by yourself, take the time for you. This is the best time. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to do any kind of self-growth because some people are like oh my god you mean I have to grow and be a better person do whatever makes you happy this is the time to explore learn more about yourself figure out what you want to do maybe even figure out what you want to do later in life you never know this is the time where you have the moment why not why not take advantage of it like why not this is not the time to sit in front of the television for nine hours a day you know you know how many things you can do like I spend three hours, I allocate at least two and a half to three hours to writing, and I've written so many pages to my book that I'm like, what? <laughs> Who is this person? <laughs> Productivity queen. I mean, you just, I didn't know if we could bring it up, but you just brought up your book, yeah. which is big news, exciting mm -hmm. news. Can you tell us a little bit about it and when we can look forward to reading it? Well, I'm really, really hoping to have a release by the end of summer. I've been really working hard, and my publicist, has been so amazing keeping me on my toes. Because my publicist is one of my closest friends that has known me for over 20 years. And she's so amazing. And she's always like, you know what, you got to write. Because I'm not a writer. She's like, it doesn't matter. Just tell a story. You're a storyteller. You're really good at that. And she's like, and then you have other editors to take care of everything else. It's fine. Just talk. Right. You know, do what you got to do. So I find myself with my phone. I'm recording things, typing things out. But yeah, my book is really about my journey. Um, on how I've lived my life and you know because I live my life in a certain way and people always tell me well she must be super confident and she must be oh my god she's got this you know she's got this down right now but it's it's been a tough journey for me and I'm people say I make things look easy well honey it's what you know as a mom I've just learned to adapt and try to make things as easy as possible or look easy at least but no, my book is something that I was only comfortable to start talking about recently that I was writing because I talked about it before. I don't have no time to write this book, all these kids, all this running around and soccer mom. And then I just opened up my computer and I started writing again. And it's been very therapeutic, but sharing this, my whole journey of really talking to a friend because I really wanted my book to be that way, how we're having a conversation. I wanted it to be a great read 
but more of a conversation piece, more to have you ask questions or feel like I'm asking you questions. And it's really taking you through a stroll in my life. So there's going to be moments of sadness, moments of happiness, moments of, oh my God, I can't believe that happened, and anger. I love emotions of life. You know, my mom says it's the Russian side of me. I'm like, it must be, you know, the Russian cinematography, the drama. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to take people on, on the ride of my life and have them understand that, you know what? I might be going through something, but she's gone through this and she's come out on top. She's still working. Um, you're never perfect. You're always, I always say, you're always a diamond in the rough. There's always room for improvement, a little bit to shine here and there. But it's okay. So this book is really about that, my journey in order to help other people through their rocky road and their journeys of their life. I'm so like excited to get it done. You will definitely get a copy shipped over to you. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I just want to like climb into your brain and set up shop and like learn everything <laughs> I can. But writing a book is terrifying because like you're, this is your life story in pages. You've been yeah. so open and honest and very raw with your story up until now but ooh, to have it in like print and to be able to oh, hold yeah. it and like know how much it weighs i mean that's a whole different scenario that's gonna be my next baby i'm like yay my baby baby number five <laughs> i think it's going to impact so many people in a positive way just like all the work that you're doing now and you know going forward with everything that you've gone through with all the advocacy work that you've done all the individuals that you've helped coach how would you like to see us as a community, us as a society, continue to take the right next positive steps when it comes to reducing and just completely eliminating stigma altogether when it comes to mental illness. I think it's acceptance, is accepting another person. You can have your own opinions. You know, everybody has their own opinions and their own views and their own perceptions, but it's understanding that none of us are perfect. Uh, we're all human. We're all going to make errors in our lives. And it's about having a little bit more compassion for those and especially in this time right now, I believe that it's teaching so many people what it's like to live our lives, the life of somebody who lived with anxiety, any form of mental illness. Because I've had people come to me and like, why do you look so calm during this time and that so many people are panicked? Because this has been my whole life. So now I'm watching people around me and I'm like, wow, so many people are having a hard time. And for me, it's kind of flipped the switch for me to start going into mode of helping other people because this has been my life and I know what it feels like and I don't want people to feel this way. But I think it's really understanding is not forgetting what we went through during this moment, taking the fact that this was a difficult moment to deal with and understanding this is every, there's many people that live like this every single day, have compassion, stop judging, share love. There's, I mean, it takes more energy to be angry than it does to be compassionate and to show love. And it's actually healthier. It's been a proven study on the brain. It's so much better to be kind to one another. It makes you happier, less depressed, less anxious. So, I mean, in all of this, I really hope the takeaway is we come together as a community more. We love each other more. We stop judging each other. Like, my goodness, all this judgment all the time, mm -hmm. it's too much. We need to stop. Like, this whole thing has leveled out the playing field. It doesn't matter how much money you have, what race you are. Uh, it doesn't matter your sexual orientation. It doesn't matter. So I really hope that this levels the playing field in so many other aspects of life that just, you know, shows how, how equally, equal we are. Because right now we are so equal. Like, 
There's nobody better than anybody out there, honey. We all the same right now. <laughs> like, let's level the playing field so we can all show up and actually play on the field and have some fun rather than judging each other and rather than making people feel like shit or that they're not worthy. Like, I'm tired of living in that world. I want to live in a world where we build each other up, where it doesn't yeah. matter who you are, what your choices are. Like, you are accepted because, I mean, what is a life without some different individuals like if we were all the same life would be incredibly boring so let's thrive on that let's let's look at that as a bonus as a positive as a beautiful element of life so i hope this creates that that change that was needed because we've been going through so much you know we, we watch television we see so much hate going on within different communities and there's it, there's really no need for it honestly having human compassion it doesn't take much uh giving love showing love it doesn't take much empathy doesn't show it doesn't take much we're all going to have moments of anger disparity we're we're emotional creatures we're meant to have different emotions but we also have the choice on where we're going to shift it to and i really this is what i pray for all the time when i meditate and i have all my incense going in the house is just for that moment that, you know what, this is going to be that thing that's going to change the world. Because I worry for my children in the world that they grow up in. I worry for my future grandchildren. I want there to be a better life. I've seen the evolution of my, my, you know, my family who was in concentration camps in Russia. My mother was, she lived in the former Soviet Union. You know, uh, my father who was a war hero. I've seen, there's been always this, you know, clash and clash and anger and, and hurt. And I, I'm just, we need to live in a more peaceful world. And even looking at what's happening now with what we shut down, how pollution is, you know, at a standstill, and the world, the environment is changing. It's healing. So why can't we as people heal ourselves too and be kinder? So that's my biggest takeaway is let this even out the playing field. Let's have less judgment. You know, let's stop picking at each other, pointing the finger. Because I tell my kids, when you point the finger back, count how many are pointing back at you. Okay, Whoa. so stop pointing the finger at other people. I ahead, never, whoa, I mean, if I ever have kids, you know that I'm going to feel like, I once had a great conversation with Svetlana, and you know what she told me? I've, I'm, I've never once yeah. thought about that, but you're 100% you right. Point a finger. How many are pointing back at you? So before you criticize and judge someone, think about how they would feel and look at the judgment. A lot of it is a reflection of ourselves a lot of the time when we start pointing a finger, but I always teach my children that, you know, I'm a, I'm an easygoing mom, but I'm also, I'm like, it's going to go balls to the wall. If you try some shit with me, kids, like I don't play that. Cause I don't want my children to be like the kids that we're seeing right now that are not understanding like what isolation is and saying, mm -hmm. you know, the hell at home. My kids have been at home. Like I said, I have a, I have a grown ass man in my house who's 22 years old. I have another one who's 19. They're staying home. They haven't gone out. They'll go to the backyard, sniff some air, read a book, get back and do their thing. And it's, I believe it's how I'm raising my children. So, you know, I just want my children to be, you know, level-headed people in society. <laughs> I think you're doing a good job. I don't know how you are staying level-headed with having that many kids in one house for that long, but like kudos to you. You are making it happen. You're like, that's when you just have your dance parties or you put all your incense on and you start meditating, but you've got your tools and they're clearly working. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I'm like, I have a choice right now. I've had a very interesting life. It's been bumpy. I've gone through the good, the bad and the ugly. I've gone through, you know, as you know yourself being a public figure and being on television, there's always scrutiny and judgment one 
one way or the other. Mm -hmm. When I modeled, I had to deal with scrutiny, judgment, this, that. And it was very difficult. Even with the modeling agency, she's to this, she's to that. She's to that, stop eating. Listen, honey, I'm going to eat. I'm not going to stop eating for anybody. And that's why I left the modeling industry because <laughs> I just don't like to eat. <laughs> and I was like, no. And I, this, all of this just needs to stop. I really, I pray for it all the time. I want to see a more beautiful, peaceful world because I, I love when I, you know, I have memories of when I used to go outside more often and watch people. When they Do were, you remember that when we used to be allowed to go outside? But you know, when I see like older couples and they're holding hands and I'm, I'm, cause I'm a sucker for romance. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm like, wow. You know, I want to, I want everybody to be in a happy place. And it, it does hurt my heart when I see people going through anxious times right now and going through um, depressive moments. But understand is that I always show myself as an example. If I can do it, trust me, you can. And juggling a household with four children, a husband, my mom, two dogs, talking to my friends. And it, you know, by the time this is over, I'm probably going to have painted the whole house, rebuilt a new room. Because that's how I'm saying. I'm staying busy, but you know, I'm gonna be Bob Zilla next. I'm gonna be like, we're gonna build an extension to the house, you know. <laughs> oh, I love your energy so much. I can't thank you enough for today. I mean, you are a true force. I can feel it through this. I can't wait to feel it in person. Good luck with the four kids, the two dogs, your mom, the house rentals, writing the book, coaching clients, and making sure that your cup doesn't run on empty. Whew, I almost ran out of air there and I'm sure there's a lot more that you're doing, but thank you. Thank you for being you and for having the strength to show up every day, not just for yourself, but for everyone around you. It means so, so much. Well, thank you for having me be a part of this. Thank you for taking the time to have this conversation with me because I believe the more we have this conversation, we're able to create change. So I'm all about creating change, ending the stigma and your energy too. I loved your energy. I can't wait to meet you. I know it's going to be like, and I always end the podcast the same way. What does healthy is hot mean to you? For some people, it's a feeling, a mantra, a quote they live by. For me, it's be unapologetically you. That is what it is for me. Yeah. Being unapologetically me all the time. That's it. <laughs> Mike drop here's to being unapologetically ourselves and spreading a little kindness today and every day and just like that another episode of the healthy is hot podcast once again I'm your host Chloe Wilde if you enjoyed this conversation feel free to subscribe so you never miss out rate and leave us a comment follow us on Instagram at healthy is hot and remember healthy is fucking beautiful see you next week <laughs>